Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, or 88, or on the internet. You're joined here by Lawson. I nearly said Lyle and Lawson, but it's Lawson <laughs> and <laughs> Monica. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back. I just want to say thank you so much, everyone, for praying for my laptop again. Um, it's working really great. Uh, and by the way, we just, uh, just before the news was on there, we had a pre-recorded interview with Lyle. Mm-hmm. Um, that Lyle did yesterday. Actually, he recorded he recorded a, um, an interview so big we broke it up into four segments. Wow! So yeah, it's really great with um with uh, uh Mr. Harker there, Pastor Harker, and um so that'll be playing uh, for the rest of the week. So if you confuse as to why we keep telling you that Lyle's away, and then you hear Lyle. It's because well, that's why. Yeah, it was pre-recorded. Pre- good stuff there. And uh, and while we had that break, Lawson and I were sitting here in the studio, and I open up my laptop, Lawson. I'm very ashamed to oh, admit here this. We go. Here <laughs> I was trying to figure out why it might have crashed on me. You know how some people have like, you know, um, an internet uh, window open and they have like, you know, a hundred different tabs open. Uh I might have had about a dozen windows each with like 50 tabs each. Wow. (laughs) My computer's running slow. (laughs) (laughs) So the entire time just then, for the last like 20 odd minutes, I have achieved something I never thought possible. I closed... Everything apart from three windows, and Incredible. inside those windows, they only have a max of five tabs only. each. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, man, I am like a neat freak when it comes to computers. Like, that makes me cringe so hard. No, I think you'd be proud. Look at, I mean, look at my, 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 uh, my desktop, right? Very, oh, very okay. clean. Very yeah. clean, very yeah. nice. My desktop is actually quite manly because apparently women are the ones who are prone to having all different kinds of files and stuff all over their that, desktop. It's not necessarily true. Yeah. I mean, look at me. I clearly didn't do that. So I only have one five five items on my desktop yeah. everything else is tucked away neatly where it belongs nice. so yeah good on yeah yeah anyway and these are all just like the top urgent things you know mm-hmm. anyway so yeah thank you so much for praying my laptop is in uh, good working condition now and also i've managed to clean up my uh, my win- windows and tabs so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it actually it oh, feels man. nice and clean it's like decluttering in the digital space who would have thought that we'd have to declutter digital space stuff like that just it just blows my mind. Anyway. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to give you another clue for our quiz, dear Lawson. Okay. Well, I already know what it is, well, but I this is for the people at home. This is for the people at home or in their cars. Okay. This is a who am I quiz. We've already had, let me do a little rehash. The first two clues where two of my wives were Hittite women named Judith and Basimuth. My wives and I were a source of grief to my parents. And now the third clue... My father said to me, you will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from your neck, from off your neck. Big ouch. Mm, Who is that? Give us a call if you know the answer. Of course, our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669. Our prize today is a copy of the book Uncorked, The Hidden Hazards of Alcohol by Dr. Ashton and Dr. Laura. And uh, that, of course, is in conjunction with Dry January that we are really behind. with yeah. something we're definitely promoting 100%. here at Faith FM. We just heard on the, on the news a, a report about... Um, Alcoholism and how the the, the National Foundation um, of Alcohol Research is pushing for oh 
restricted delivery of alcohol and, mm. and all these things. It seems like people are really coming to their senses. Yes. Yeah. As as you you know, we sort of had smoking in, in the late yes, in the exactly. in the late eighteen hundreds was like people doctors were prescribed smoking for bronchitis. Yeah. And yeah, then, lung issues, you know, then we then we understood that okay, no, smoking actually causes lung issues and, and whatnot. And we're seeing the same thing here with alcohol, hopefully anyway. I yeah. would I would love to see that shift. I would love to see um I would love to see the government treat alcohol the way they treat cigarettes, where they're mm. now pushing big time to ban it, how you can't advertise it, it can't be in pretty packaging, yeah. it has to be hidden from sight. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that happen. And clearly it's possible. People are like, oh, no, that'll never happen. Well, people said that about cigarettes, and now look mm-hmm. where we are. And cigarettes have been in decline, you know, ever since, so. Yeah. Oh, well, cigarettes in Australia now, just like a pack costs like yeah. 50 Bucks, and that should be the same with alcohol. Which, yeah. It oh. needs to cover... Do you know what? The cost of alcohol needs to cover not just the alcohol, but also the fallout from any kind of drinking. Dude, Medical, social, the whole thing. Domestic... The, the, the amount of money that taxpayers pay... Um, to keep, you know, the police and the ambos working and all of it, for the most part, is alcohol and drug-related. Like, Man. It, th- that's alcohol needs to be priced so high that it covers that and it's not coming out of the taxpayers' money. Man, wild stuff. We're going hard on Sorry. this alcohol, but we should go hard into our Bible We should. Thing. Let's get back into our 20 million movement, our encounter with God. Of course, Lyle is just gnashing his teeth, weeping and gnashing his teeth. That's <laughs> Lyle at the moment because he's missing out on his favorite book. We're doing our in-depth study into the book of Revelation. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we've we been covering some really, really cool stuff, mm-hmm. Lawson. So we've discovered that Revelation is one of the best books you can study because it's uh-huh. like a blessing attached and, oh, and it's a collaboration between... Um, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And, yeah, mind-blowing stuff. I wish yeah. you'd been here the last two days, boss. Man, I wish I was here too because, like, seriously, I worked for Lyle um, for, for six months in 2017. I can't say last year anymore, which is weird. But in 2017, <laughs> um, and, yeah, just, just experiencing his, his knowledge of Revelation. But just the book itself, as you can imagine, it's the last book written in the Bible, um, which would – give us a good indication that it's probably especially for us in in our time living some two thousand years after it was written it's one of the most relevant um and that's because you know not only was it the last book written in the bible but it is the one that talks about the future the most it's by far the the single most prophetic book um definitely in the new testament but in the bible as a whole um and it's just pointing forward, pointing forward, and pointing forward, and something you would have seen as well, um, you know, studying through Revelation over the last couple of days, is that it's also pointing backwards in a lot of ways. A lot of the references that it's giving, a lot of the the, the clues that it gives to, to understanding the book of Revelation is in the rest of the Bible, um, which is awesome because you think about it, you know, the, the Revelation here is talking about you know, you you're looking from John's perspective in in um, you know the first century, looking forward thousands of years, and God here is using um, concrete symbols to try and, and explain you know ac- abstract events and movements that are going to happen in the future that that John would have absolutely no no um, you know no concept of. And so God uses uses symbols to explain that. And today we're going to be having a, a look at some symbols in the first chapter um, of the book of Revelation that very much, you know, uh, relate to Jesus and not only who he was when he was when he was on earth, but who he has always been. 
you know, through history, we got to ask the question. It's like, okay, well, before Jesus came to earth, what, what was he actually doing? And the book of Revelation, um, but also after as well, you know, what, what is Jesus doing now in heaven? And the book of Revelation gives us such an incredible insight um, to, you know, what Jesus was doing and what Jesus is doing now. Um, but, you know, really applicable to our time. You know, okay, well, what is my relationship to Jesus now? What does it look like now in the terms of, you know, we're, we're sitting in an event we know that we're um, close to, to the end of time and, and, and we're living in the last days. So what, what is Jesus actually doing? And, the, yeah, the book of Revelation is just incredible for, for giving us insight and context to, to what we're actually doing now. So let's read a little bit of the book of Revelation. Let's start. I think we should start. Let's start in verse 8. Do you want to read in verse 8 for me? Revelation 1 and verse 8. And I'll tell you to stop. Okay. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was and who is still to come the almighty one man that's that's awesome that yeah. description there jesus it's quite a is proclamation like, jesus himself is saying here like hey i have always been you know mm-hmm. and i'm i'm here now and i'm also the one to come this is like very surfacely very very pointly um refuting the idea of the whole jesus being created and the son of god being created by god he's like no i've always been yeah. Like I like more than I think well Jesus himself says a lot like I am the son of God but this statement here can be taken by itself and you could say okay who is Jesus in the context of of heaven it's like mm-hmm. okay he is God like yeah, yeah. he he is literally the son of God um you know he's the alpha the and the omega the beginning and the end he is an uncreated being he's a part of that godhead um which is just awesome and incredible to think about that just who jesus is and how he come down to this earth being god which we'll get more into you're listening to faith fm positively different radio man epic awesome stuff all right (laughs) (laughs) me and mon just had a little jam session there to the station id i love that song (laughs) you're hilarious it's a banger anyways continuing on um, verse 9? Yes, in verse 9. Do you want to read verse 9 for us? Sure. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which God, sorry, which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day and I was worshipping in the spirit. Oh, sorry, I've gone to verse 10. Yeah. I couldn't resist. It sounds oh, so good. good. I oh, was just man. like, I've got to keep going. Like, got to keep rolling so with this. We get introduced to John here, and he's just like, hey, you know, this is this is what I'm doing right now. He's giving a little bit of context. We see this a lot in the, you know, in the epistles of Paul and Peter. You know, hey, what, you know, what are they up to? Often um, Paul's epistles will start with, oh, hey, you know, it's, it's Paul. What's up? You know, I'm, I'm doing this at the moment, whether he's in jail or whatever it may be. And, and John's giving us a little bit of context here to – to, to where he is. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm John. I'm a brother in Christ. You know, I'm partake in the same um, tribulations and suffering for the kingdom of heaven. Um, and I got exiled to the island of Patmos, which is, man, what a rough gig. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but it's 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 good to see. That have you ever been to Patmos? I've never been to Pat. Have you been to Patmos? No, but wouldn't it be great if we took the radio station there and like oh. broadcast Faith FM live from Patmos? <laughs> <laughs> you know, hint, 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 hint. <laughs> send nudge, us to nudge. Patmos. <laughs> well, we, as soon as we get back from Africa, we'll go to Patmos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're taking this worldwide. Yeah, this, we really this are. Faith FM. Faith FM on the road. Oh. That's what it is. That would be the. That would be so cool. Uh-huh. We could take Marta with us, and she could produce the show all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Man, that would be that would be epic. Thank you to Marta as well. She just does her faithful. She's just a faithful servant of the Lord, working behind the production. Marta's desk. our producer, just in case the listeners are yeah, wondering. She's well, one of them behind the desk and just helping us out here, getting us on air, and it's 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 awesome. So shout out to Marta. Props to her. But continuing on here, we see uh, John here in the island of Patmos again. Gives us some introduction to, to, to who he is, what he's doing. He's a brother in Christ. He's currently in exile in the Isle of Patmos. And then we get to verse 10, like, okay, you know, what, what's, it really gets to here. okay, what, what, what's the meaning and what's the reason for writing this book? Do you want to read that for us? It was the Lord's day and I was worshipping in the spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. Oh, Ooh. man. So we get, we get introduced here to, okay, what, what, you know, what's, what's going on to John? What's happening to John here? And we see... Um, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. We start to see here, we get a little inclination of like, man, there's the symbols that Revelation uses and it gets even deeper as we go through the passage. But here, the first off is, I heard a, a voice like the voice of a trumpet. If we just had that to go off, well, we could assume very, you know, very confidently that, this is Jesus talking to mm. him here. It says um, in Thessalonians that when Jesus descends, he'll ha- have the voice um, of an archangel with, you know, the sound of a trumpet. And so we know here, okay, this is Jesus. But then it just, you know, next verse, verse 11, just comes straight in. The you know, Remember back to verse 8 and what Jesus said there. And now read verse 11. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Isn't that isn't that interesting? I love how Philadelphia is in there, and it was really funny yeah. the first time I read the Bible. I was like, "Whoa, he's sending a message to like Philly." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Whoa! <laughs> but just before you skipped over this line, so I'm, so, I'm sorry to call you out. Like, go that. on. But at the start of verse eleven, saying. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. So, again, Jesus is giving this introduction here to, to who he is. See, mine doesn't say that, so it must be a different oh, version. okay. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. different yeah. versions. But, again, in, 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 in my translation, the New King James, he repeats this. It this. must be important then. It must be yeah, important. Yeah. And I think especially because Jesus in the book of Revelation is represented in a bunch of different ways. And this is the one of ways that he indicates that, okay, this is Jesus. Um, he shows here, he's like, okay, yeah, the guy behind you who's with the voice of the loud trumpet, who's giving you this message um, to send to the churches, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm, yeah. He's giving us some some context. He's giving us some 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 knowledge so that we know, oh, hey, when, when Jesus is talking, this is how he describes himself. Well, it's one of the ways that he does. And he says, you know, write, you know, what you see, write in a book and, and send it to the seven churches. Um, this is an introduction to what, comes later in 
in chapter two and chapter three, this do these, we actually get to see the seven the the messages to these seven churches? Yes, oh. we will be able to see that. I don't think we'll be able to see that today, but we will definitely unpack it later. Get into okay, that cool, tomorrow. Cool, cool, we'll cool. be looking at those messages to the churches. Nice. But this is where, man, the symbols here. This like the symbols, man. It gets amazing. Do you want to read for me verse 12? Okay, diving into symbolism right now. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. Do you want to continue reading? And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. Do we keep going? Yeah. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. Man, this is this is this is incredible. This is awesome. Just this this description here, and we could, you know, we could pretty pretty confidently again say, oh, well, well this is Jesus, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But this not only tells us who it is, but what Jesus is actually doing here. I want to show you just real quick um, in Daniel chapter uh, in Daniel chapter ten. There is this awesome description of. Uh, of one who is who is like the Son of Man. Check this out. Um, this is Daniel speaking. Um, he's he's hanging out, and he goes he goes into vision and says, "I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded in gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl. His face was like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like torches of fire. His arms and feet like burnished bronze in color." And the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. So we see here, this is a description in the book of Daniel in chapter 10. Well, in the Old Testament, 600, approximately, you know, five, six hundred years before the events of, of Jesus being on earth. And we see this description of, of the same description that John is giving here of, you know, someone who is the son of man, who, who we could say pretty confidently is Jesus. Daniel is giving the same description, and this this again gives us a little bit of insight into the 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 godliness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The fact that yes, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is, you know, he was and is to come. Um, that's I think the real point that John is trying to to drive home. One of the points anyway that John is trying to drive home here that yes, this you know this the same Jesus that has always been around. Um, He's here, you know, and he's in his glorified, godly state in heaven. Yeah, and he has some pretty impressive stuff to say about himself as well. Mm. Oh man, it's it's it is epic. But we now get a little look into well, what is what is Jesus actually doing here, and what is Jesus? Where where is Jesus? And you know, we know he's in heaven, but but what's what's going on here? The De- verse twelve mm-hmm. is what really gives us some 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 context here of what Jesus what Jesus is actually doing. Um, verse twelve says, "You know, then I turned to see the voice that spoke to me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands." Ooh, wow! Ooh, so we see here this this Jesus 
standing in the midst of seven golden lampstands. Well, we're going to ask the question, you know, if, if we know our Bibles, we've got to say, man, like, I've heard of these seven golden lampstands. You know, where is this? Where is this seven golden lampstands? Where is Jesus standing right now? And, and where is Jesus communicating to John from? Where has John been taken to? We know that bodily he's on the island of Patmos, but now he's in vision. What is John actually seeing? And when we understand what John is seeing, this gives us, again, context and understanding of what Jesus is doing and, and it gives us a lot of understanding of what actually is going on, some of the symbols that are, that is going on in the book of Revelation. We're going to get into that right after this. This is Anna Laura with If You Ever Fall.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia. You're joined here by Lawson and Monica. And I yes. believe that we have another clue for the quiz. Indeed, we rather do. We're coming down to our last two clues. I'm going to give you the penultimate one now. The penultimate clue. Penultimate. Here we How good go. Is that word? Penultimate. Okay. Who am I? I was covered with red hair when I was born. Ooh, mm. so this is a very yeah. hairy man. Who's a ginger? <laughs> a red, a red hair all over. So yeah, hairy ginger. Who was a hairy ginger in the Bible? I think there's only one hairy ginger famous in the Bible. But yeah, give yeah. us a call if you know the answer. One eight hundred Faith FM. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or you can text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Of course, today's uh, prize is uncorked. A book by Dr. Ashton and mm. Dr. Laura. I think even like w- with this prize of of this book um, about you know drinking, um, I think it'd be a good good book to have even for someone who doesn't drink, mm-hmm. but to to oh yeah know, absolutely to know and learn the information to to show to others. Yeah. Um, oh, very much so. Very much so. Because so many people are like. Oh, but wine's got antioxidants and this kind of nonsense. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, this book will like kind of demystify all yeah. those myths and those confusing statements that um, alcohol companies often try and promote as much as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, get a copy of this even if you personally aren't a drinker yourself. Uh, and just basically just arm yourself. You know, if you if you have taken a stance about something, you do need to know why you've taken that stance. And this 100%. book will help you understand why you are doing that. Yeah, man, awesome stuff. Now, we're getting back into our... Um, our study of the book of Revelation. And as we, as we, we close before, before our song break, um, we talked about Jesus standing amidst the lampstands. Well, we've got to know, we've got to understand, okay, well, where, do, where are the lampstands? Is there a representation of the lampstands? Well, look, I mean, we just, yeah. it was just talking about the seven churches and then talk about seven golden lampstands. Is it maybe that? Well, we're going to see, and this is, this is the connection that Revelation itself makes. But when we come to, okay, where is Jesus actually located in the seven lampstands? Well, straight up. We, if you have any knowledge of the the Jewish tabernacle system, you'll know where this is. the The Bible says very clearly in Exodus forty twenty four. Basically, this is talking about Moses setting up the tabernacle, and he says he put the lampstand in the tabernacle of meeting across from the table of showbread on the south side of the tabernacle. So we know that you know this sanctuary, the earthly sanctuary, is a representation of the sanctuary in heaven. And, and the things that are in that, you know, the table of, of, of showbread and the altar of incense and the most holy place and the holy place and the, you know, all of these different things um, are representations of things that are in heaven. What we're seeing here in the book of Revelation, pretty much like for one of the first times clearly explained, is John actually seeing into the heavenly sanctuary, this one that's alluded to in its earthly um, in its earthly form, um, that is told, you know, that is revealed by God. Like, hey, this is the, you know, this is this is a mirror of of the heavenly sanctuary. We're actually seeing that now, and we're seeing Jesus in the midst of this, and it describes him. You know, it gives this amazing explanation of him, you know, having hair white like wool and eyes like torches, and just amazing, awesome stuff. But what it also says is that he's clothed with a garment to the to his feet and golded um, about the chest. With a golden band. Yeah, that's what it says. Girded about the chest with a golden band. See, mine says he was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. Yeah. So, this gives us some some explanation. Okay. Well, Jesus is wearing something here. 
what's that a symbol of? If we look in, again, Exodus, but chapter 28 says, And these are the garments which they shall make specifically for the priests, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, um, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brothers, and his sons, that he may minister to me as a priest. Basically, this is describing Jesus as a priest, standing amongst the lampstands. But you you don't even need the book of Revelation to know this, to know that Jesus is the high priest. Mm. There's an incredible verse, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. This is like one of, to me, one of the most encouraging, foundational, amazing things to know about Jesus and his role as a high priest. You know, what does a high priest do? He's, he's part of the intercession service. Um, essentially, on, on earth. Um, he is the one who takes the blood, um, the sinful blood of the lamb that's had its, you know, the man's sins confessed on it, and he, he takes it into the sanctuary and, and sprinkles it on the the veil, you know, sh- as a symbol of, of God dealing with sin. Um, amazing stuff. And now it's describing Jesus as our high priest. Essentially, Jesus is doing the work in heaven um, that just. Dis- that the high priest does. He is working for the intercession of humanity. Um, you know, after being as much as Jesus is the lamb of God, he's the sacrifice that, that, that God makes to, to, you know, to offer people salvation. He is also doing the work of intercession on people's behalf as the priest does. Um, but there is this amazing verse in the book of Hebrews in chapter four. This is this is awesome. Um, if you could read for me Hebrews chapter four and verse fourteen. Hebrews four and verse fourteen says, well, "I can find it." So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Do you want to keep reading in 15 and 16? This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious Mm -hmm. God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Man. Wow. This is incredible. So it describes Jesus here. He's like, hey, we don't have, you know, we have this high priest. It's Jesus. Mm. Um, but, but I love how it says it in, in the New King James, it says, it, it, it makes this sort of uh, a negative sentence. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, double negative, yeah. um, weaknesses, but was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. So it describes our high priest, the one who is doing intercession for us, the one who is, who is you know, part of the legal process of the forgiveness and, and cleansing of sin. It says that this man is Jesus who came down to earth and gave himself as a sacrifice who understands our weaknesses, who can sympathize with our weaknesses um, because he was human, He who understands our temptation. And then it cu- encourages us and it says, because of that, because Jesus understands, because he came down to earth, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us go to Jesus in prayer and, and for, confess and know that, that we've been forgiven and that Jesus understands and that God is, you know, as much as, you know, God does pass judgment, he also 
passes forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and, and we can be so assured in that. I think that is the most incredible thing about Jesus being our high priest is that we know that someone is dealing with the forgiveness of our sins who understands. That is, that is just it's, it's mind blowing. awesome. It's mind-blowing. It's so in, encouraging to me knowing that, man, like God actually understands what I'm going through. So Revelation basically just points out that Jesus is the high priest. It, Jesus is the high priest in the work that he's doing. We're, we're definitely going to get into this idea more as we study through the book of Revelation of what Jesus is doing now in the sanctuary in, in terms of intercession. But from a base knowledge, from base understanding, we can say, Jesus is our high priest, and he is currently in heaven making intercession for us. You know, and the Bible is very clear, not only here, but in, in other parts, that, you know, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we confess. Like, we know that that Jesus, man, he, he loves us, and he cares about us, and he's doing everything that he possibly can for us to be saved. And I think that that is absolutely incredible. Tell the news. 
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, or 88. And more. No more clues, Lawson. Don't look at me like that. There's no more clues left for our quiz because it's been snapped up. Congratulations, Greg from Dover Gardens. He got the answer right. Of course, it was Esau. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, how, how is that? You pronounce it? <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just telling me the break that in your mind, every time you read it, you say Esua. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something ridiculous. And that's why I spelt it wrong. That's funny. <laughs> that's almost as funny as when Lyle pronounced Onesimus instead of Onesimus. Wow. <laughs> You know, it's an easy mistake, okay? Don't don't get on yeah, me whatever, about the pronunciations. Whatever. Okay, it's time to do our question of the day. Lawson, question that has come in today has been, 
What is the Sabbath? What is the Sabbath? Man, this is... I'm Excellent so, question. I'm so stoked because the Sabbath is like one of my favorite things and it's one of my favorite things to talk and about. And you recently preached about it too. Yeah, I preached yeah. I preached about the Sabbath. I preached on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is just awesome. You preached about the Sabbath on Sabbath. Yeah. How about oh, that? It's amazing. Sabbath inception. So here we go. What is the Sabbath? Well, I think we have to understand the first, the first you know, basic thing about the Sabbath. Um, if we look in our Bibles to Revelation 4 and verse 11, this is an awesome verse. It, it says here, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Essentially, this is saying to us that God is worth worshiping. It's like, why? Because he created. You know, God is worth glory and honor and power because he made all things and by his will um, they were created. We got to say, okay, well, that that's cool. You know, there's a, there's a time, um, it says right here clearly that God is worth our worship because of creation. And that's what the Sabbath actually is. It's this day of worship and rest that we give to God because of creation. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. This is the the clearest definition of what the Sabbath actually is. It says in Revelation chapter 20, uh, sorry, yeah, chapter 20 and, and verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, uh, nor your stranger who is in your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Essentially what the Sabbath is, is this this day, this memorial of creation in which we, you know, we put off all our, our work. You know, it says here, don't cause, you know, don't work and don't cause anyone to work who is within your gates. We put off our work and, and we just give that day to God. That's, you know, that's the day in which we go to church. Um, that's the day in which we, you know, spend time with family and one another and just reflecting on God. And, you know, it comes every week and we reflect on the amazing things that God has done through the week. And we reflect on, you know, the amazing things that God has ever done ever, you know, with the with the sermons and whatnot that are preached on Sabbath. Um, but this comes directly from creation. We see in, in Genesis chapter 1 very clearly, um, sorry, the start of Genesis chapter 2 actually, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished, and on the seventh day God ended his work and he had done uh, that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it um, he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So essentially, God is very clear here. He gives us this day of rest, of relaxation, of but it's also, you know, it's a hallowed day. It's a sanctified day, even from the beginning of creation, to think about God, to worship God. Why? Well, because he created. Um, but often the Sabbath is rebutted. Often people bring up different arguments and whatnot against the Sabbath. Oh, you know, we're not supposed to keep the Sabbath. That's a Jewish thing. My first, um, you know, refute against that argument is that it's in the Ten Commandments, which is the foundation of all law, Christian, Jew, whatever it may be, the the foundation of the moral law is the Ten Commandments and the Sabbath is a part of that. But what is awesome, we see here in Luke chapter 4, it's like, we just got to ask the question, well, did Jesus keep the Sabbath? And in Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Jesus kept the Sabbath, 
God made the Sabbath. The Sabbath is about worshipping God for what he created. The Sabbath is also about worshipping God for his redemption in Christ. The Sabbath is amazing. Keep the Sabbath. That's essentially my answer. Amen. Give us a call if you have a question. I was thirsting for that living water Drinking from a well that don't satisfy When I met a man whose words were like no other He said, draw from a well that'll never run dry He told me everything I had done He said, come and drink the living water Come and take from streams of life You will thirst no more And you will thirst no more I was hungry for heaven's manna Eating the meat that perishes and dies And I met a man, he walked upon the water He said, come partake of the bread of life The bread that cometh down from heaven He said, come and drink the living water Come and take the bread of life You will thirst no more You will want no more There's water that's pure There's a bread that's true There's a light that shines Form and void in darkness All around me was trouble and strife And I met a man, he led me from my blindness He said I am the light of life The light that lighted everyone
lost in the dark, couldn't find my way Looking for the light of day All around me, trouble and strife Eating the bread that don't lead to life Clouds with no rain were filling my sky I was drinking from the water that don't satisfy I met a man who led me from blindness Spoke to me in words of kindness Gave me to eat of heaven's bread Come follow me, is what he said Called us two sons and daughters He said I am living water You will thirst no more And you will thirst No more Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show today with Mon and Lawson instead of Lyle and Mon because Lyle's just left us. No, he hasn't. He's, he's, just, <laughs> he's just away for the rest of the week. He's preaching down in Melbourne slash Mexico. We have come to the end of our show, Lawson. Today we are giving away a wonderful book. Carry on from what you were talking about with the question of the day, what is the Sabbath? And uh, today's giveaway is a great book. It's called Discovering the Lost Sabbath Truth, and it's written by Steve Wahlberg. So it's easy reading. Uh, it's all about the Sabbath, the lost truth about the Sabbath. It's very inter- <coughs> interesting. Excuse me. Oof, oof big. <laughs> if you'd like to get a copy of this book, all you have to do is be the first person to call through right now. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text your details 0491-064-669. We only have one copy of this book, so if you'd like it, pick up that phone right now. Mm-hmm. Get in there. Yeah. And thank you so much for tuning in this morning, of course. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. We love it when you guys join us for our breakfast show. If you want to listen to the live show, if you're listening to a delayed broadcast, just jump across to uh, faithfm.com.au and press play on the live stream or you can download the TuneIn app and enabling that will just give you the opportunity to listen to Faith FM wherever you are on the mm-hmm. planet. Actually, you can go overseas and still listen to us there. Yeah. So yeah, all through digital radio. Of course, if you'd like to study the Bible, you can also contact us, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and uh, we can set up all different kinds of Bible studies for you. We can set up um, online Bible studies, in-person Bible studies, groups, small group Bible studies. We can tell you where the nearest church is if you're interested. So, yeah, any of those questions that you might have, including any more questions of the day, any big questions about the Bible or life or big topics, give us a call. You can message us through any of our social media platforms as well, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, do we have Snapchat? No, no. No, we don't, we don't do Snapchat. <laughs> we don't do the snaps. Okay. <laughs> anyway, stay tuned. We have more great programming coming up uh, for the rest of today. Uh, starting with Anna Weatherup with her song, At the Cross. Enjoy. my Savior bleed, did my Would he devote that sacred head someone such as I? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw